What it do? Indigo Barbie Smith here. I just wanted to let you guys know that before we get started, this episode is extremely emotional. Um, I cried through the first part of it. Excuse me. I cried through the whole thing because it's split into two parts. The first part leans on addiction and its effects. And um, the second part leads more into the ladies for their waiting season. So the first episode is the first part is going to drop today. And then the second part will drop next week. So I need you to pay attention, stay tuned. And also, if you want to watch the behind the scenes content, then you can view it on YouTube starting Saturday, the 21st of January. Anywho, this episode for me was very, very emotional. I cried. We cried. We laughed, but more so, we went back and we reflected on the things that were in her past. And we deep dove. And as you can hear when it first starts out, you'll hear how when she starts to pray. I'm about to crack in. You'll hear about how when she starts to pray about how she starts to catch anxiety. And this woman is so strong and she's so brave and she's always ready to praise because she's come a long way. But just hearing her in her voice, you can hear it in her voice. Tomorrow you'll be able to see the visual and you get to know her a little bit better. But just we recorded this episode in her home and she was comfortable and you hear a little chirp in the background, which is her security system. This woman is TTG. She is ready to go. She is trained to go anytime. She who is it? Like she is trained to go, but she's so humble and she's so sweet and kind and loving. And you would never know that behind her smile lies the pain of addiction. So I just want you guys to listen. But when you listen, I want you to open your heart and allow her to come in and just understand that this is why we as black girls, we need Jesus because we go through so many struggles. And I know I'm not putting it against other races and saying that they don't. But as black women, we know that it's hard. There are so many things that we have come up against in the start of our growth from the time we were children. We saw so much. We experienced so much. I know for me, it started off with molestation. It started off with just being overly sexualized as a child, not knowing that anything was wrong. And I just know that the pain that I went through could have led to an addiction. And it led to a different kind of addiction. And we'll talk more about that later. But what I want you to do is I want you to open your heart and listen to her words and just feel where she's coming from. And also, I want you to see the visual because there was a moment that we had together where we just stopped. And we just started to just praise and just reflect in that reflection. Sometimes you just got to sit still. And you just got to be quiet and you have to reflect on how far God has brought you, how far God has brought you. I'm sorry, that was my alarm, y'all. But just reflect when you think about this episode, relay it to something that you felt that you have had to overcome or that led to an addiction of some sort. And just see yourself be there in that moment with her and understand her pain. Put on her shoes, wear her dress. And understand that this is part of her reflection. Let's try this again. (laughs) Okay. Okay. 
Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Need Jesus, the podcast. This is episode two, and we are so excited. And today we have a very special guest. Tell the people your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Leisha Dawson, and I uh, live here in Oak Grove, Kentucky. And I am a member of Good Hope Baptist Church here in Oak Grove, Kentucky. Tell the people all that you do at Good Hope Baptist Church. Uh, I am a deaconess, for one. My husband is a deacon. Okay, I am an usher. Um, I am on the intercessory prayer team. Um, and I am, I also do cooking. I like to cook y'all. Okay. <laughs> so I'm on the, uh, um, hospitality team as well. Yeah. They a say real I do. Good pie. <laughs> a real good pie. Yes. And she has so much spirit, so much vibe. And it's amazing to see just, Oh, you can see her, but you have to hear her story. It is so good. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off with our prayer. I'm going to let her lead the prayer. And then from there, I'm going to let her tell you about herself. And I'm going to step out of the way. So let's go ahead. Okay. Uh, You know what they say? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Okay. Dear my Heavenly Father, we come to you as humbly as we know how. First of all, I want to thank you for being the kings of kings and the lords of lords. Because without you, we could not do anything. Without you, we wouldn't be here today. I ask you to put your guidance and put anything that's in us through you that we can say to um, to reach out to um, our virtual uh, family and for us to touch anybody that um, I'm losing it right now. Give me a second. Come on. Continue to guide Indigo and I as we do this podcast, Lord. Continue to bless us. May we put uh, put anything on our hearts and our minds that we can say to share to other people. If there is one person that we touch and we make a difference into their lives, Lord, I ask you to touch that and do that for us. Lord, I'm asking you these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay. What you feeling? Okay. Just good anxiety. I'm okay, though. Are you okay? I'm okay. Okay. okay, so what I do is it's okay. I'm okay. I start off with the uh, I try to get in tune with myself mm-hmm. and the God in me. Yeah. And let him shine his light. Yes. So you can take a deep breath, ground yourself, mm-hmm. okay. and just let him take over. It's gonna be all right. It's uh, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Uh, when when I go back to think, when I go and reflect back on my life, uh, it takes me down through there, because mm-hmm. uh, those was not happy places, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't a happy time. Um, I wasn't in a good place. I wasn't loving me, and uh, so sometimes I have to regroup mm-hmm. to tell that story. Because telling people understand when you tell your testimony, your story, you're actually reliving it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, and my testimony is I was uh, an addiction for 14 years. Uh, crack was my choice of drug, and uh, that there was some dark times. I was actually homeless. Okay, I had friends of benefits that. Uh, kept me in addiction because I, they, they gave me just what I wanted. 
Okay. Likewise, you know, even exchange brings no robbery. So mm-hmm. it goes both ways. Don't, don't, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Addiction is just what it is. It has no limit to what you do for it and what you'll go through for it. And, and, but I, I say this to say this, I've been sober now for 10 years. Okay. So I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything when it comes to addiction and, and don't misinterpret this as well. Once you out of addiction, you are continue in recovery. You, you're going to be in recovery until the day you die because being in addiction, just like you got in it before you can go back in it again. And I got into addiction through, uh, a spouse of mine that I was involved with. And uh, we as black girls, um, we like to rock our black men. Mm-hmm. Okay. So sometimes we find ourselves following them, you know, trying to hold, hold that relationship together, the relationship together like a rock and, and stand firm with them. And some, even when those things are wrong, we still do that. And so that's how I got into the addiction. You know, it was once a week, it was once a month, it was every week, it was every day. Then it was just three or four or five times a day. And then to the point where where it ended up separating us. And we was in a relationship for 12 years. And then the the addiction come in and it just made us go separate ways. And so, and then, you know, and a lot of times, you know, I tell people all the time, um, be your own God. Be your own God. Because... Um, if you let someone else guide you, they'll guide you wrong. And that's exactly what happened in my, in my instance is I was misguided. I followed the wrong person, you know, but I, but, but, but hear this, we all have a journey, you know, and sometimes we think, well, if I hadn't done this, I had done this. I think that if I hadn't went through that journey, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm-hmm. And now I am married going into four years as of March. Okay. I have a, a, a wonderful husband. Okay. He's six, five y'all. Okay, <laughs> and fine, <laughs> but um, God is so good. He's, you know, like I said, he's an, he's a deacon. And and one thing you you know, I wanted a God fearing man. I wanted a man that we were equally yoked because mm-hmm. I had found I had found my Holy Ghost to God. I had found my fulfillment of life, which was through God. And and that's the only thing that's going to keep me on the right track is God. And through uh, through some sobriety, into you know, and people always want to ask me. How do I stay sober? New people, places, and things. That's how I stay sober. You cannot go back to the old nothing. When I say nothing, I mean nothing. I mean, sometimes you got to let go some sisters, some brothers, some kinfolks, some aunties, some uncles, anybody that's going to take you there. Anything that's going to trigger you, find your way and escape. Because God say, you call on my name and I will find a way, you know, to get you out of that situation. You know, so... You, you guys to put him in everything you do. Okay. And, you know, and don't, and, and, and people find it, you know, I hear a lot of people say, God, this God, you know, you know, the, oh, how can you see God? Can you do this? Can you see air? No, but you should live off of it. You know what I'm saying? So don't compare God with all these earthly things because God is beyond that. Mm-hmm. He is so much more than that. And, and you have to put him in your life for him to work in your life. Okay. So don't, don't, don't get discouraged uh, because it's not happening when you want it to. Because God is on time, God. God's going to come when he want to come. Okay? So don't be discouraged because you think it's taking too long. Because God is not on your time. He's, we's, we are on his time. Okay? 
But keep your faith. Keep your faith. As long as you have faith in what the Howard Power is going to do for you, you're going to succeed in every and everything. You're not going to fall short on your bills. You're going to get fed. You know, everything is going to fall right in place. Just keep believing that he is there. And he's go, He's coming and he's going to uplift you and he's going to keep you in his hands. Keep you right in the, the, the bottom of his bosom. That's what he does. And we have to have faith in him. And and I tell you guys, if it wasn't from God, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I had to move. I had to. Uh, and, and I'm going to tell you one thing, you guys, that really did get get hurt me. And it still gets me emotional today when I was in addiction. My father came down to visit. And uh, they had called me and told me dad was coming to see specifically me. And I said, okay. So when my dad came, you know, he called me Squeeze. Squeeze is a nickname that they called me. And so I went to see my dad. I come up to the house. I said, yeah, dad. Yeah, hey, hey. So, you know, we hug and everything. He said, Squeeze, let's go for a ride. I want to talk to you. I said, okay. So we went. And I remind you guys, I'm still very much in my addiction. And he said, okay. I said, okay, let's go, dad. He said, uh, well, Squeeze, I've been hearing a lot of stuff. They said that you're out there on the drugs and everything. And I said, well, dad, you know, I'm doing what I do. And he said, well. That's And I'm not here to give you a lecture, daughter, is what he said. He said, I'm here to get your information so I can get life insurance on you. Mm. I said, life insurance? He said, yeah. I said, why you think I need life insurance? You think I'm going to die? He said, well, sweetie, if you keep living like you're living, he said, yeah. And he said, enough. I said, but dad, I'm not that bad. Okay, I'm not that bad, you know. And just for the record, any kind of drugs at any limit is bad, okay? And so he said, um, he said, you have three kids. He said, and if something happened to you, he said, we're going to need to take care of them, okay? So I need your information so I can get life insurance on you. And I said, well, Daddy, if you think I'm going to die. You keep going I said, if you think I'm going to die, then okay, whatever. Just that I said, because I'm not doing nothing that bad, you know. But but my dad was right. I was living a fast life. And, and when you live in a fast life, you know, things are prone to happen and stuff. So when my daddy, and I remind you guys, I'm a daddy's girl. So... Daddy would just give me whatever, you know. And there's 10 of us. I come from a family of 10, five boys and five girls, and I'm the fourth. <laughs> yes, and my mom. And I'm the fourth oldest, you know. And uh, so when Dad come down there with that, on that mission of getting life insurance on me, that really, that really touched me, you know. That really made me recollect on, on my life, you know. I had to reflect on what I was doing, how I was doing it, and all the people that it was affecting, you know. And it was affecting my whole family. Because once Dad got that information, he did just that. He, he got insurance on me and kept it for all those years up until two years ago. <laughs> and this is the funny thing. Up until two years ago, my dad got sick, and so we had to take care of my dad, me and my sister, oldest sister in Nashville. He turned that same insurance policy 
that he got on me, he turned it over to me. He said, squeeze here. This is this insurance policy that I got on you back. And I remind you guys, I was the only one out of all 10 children that my dad had life insurance on. The only one. And he turned that policy over to me, and I still have that policy to this day. So just so you guys to know in the virtual world is whatever you do, your actions affect your family members as well. You might not be asking them for money. You might not be in their house. You might, you just, they, you know, what worries your family more than anything is the fact they don't know where you are or what you're doing or who you with. So don't think because you're not in their way that they're not worried about you or they're not, you're not hurting them because you are, because they love you. Okay. And, and, and as soon as you, like myself, as soon as we start loving ourselves, we would feel, we would feel their pain. Because when I, when I start to, to, to getting, when I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, my day of resurrection was, I was got on probation. And I was going to see a probation officer. And I supposed to do a urinalysis. And she told me, well, as long as you tell me that you're dirty, we won't do it and I'll let you walk. Well, I had did there three times. So she wasn't helping me. Okay? So this last time, I was on a two-week binge, and I knew that my probation time was coming up. And I just went at it for a blast. The day came, excuse me, the day came for me to go see her. I went all the way to the front door. I'm doing what I do. I walked in there with a puff of smoke, blew it right in the receptionist's face. And this is my truth. And stuff. And I told her, I'm here to see my probation officer's name. And I said, and you tell her that Leisha, which my last name was Jones at that time. You tell her that Leisha Jones is here and that she is ready to lay it down. Okay. She said, okay. So I was the last one in that office. She comes out. She said, Alicia, you ready? I said, I'm ready. She had two police for me. And she said, are you ready? I said, I'm ready. I said, I'm tired. I went to jail. They took me to jail. I was in there for four months from September the 12th of 2012 to January the 5th of 2013. I was in jail. And this is something, this is something, this is uh, something about God, y'all. You know, if, if you're not a believer, I'm fixed to tell you to believe. Okay. I couldn't get out of jail unless I was shocked out to a rehab facility. Two of them had come available. I said, no. Something told me to say no. I wanted to be shocked out to a Christian-based mm -hmm. facility mm -hmm. because I know that was my up. So I started going to church into, into, uh, in jail. And uh, a lady by the name of Miss Brenda was coming and doing the, the, the church services and stuff. And she told me about Ladies Living Free, which was a rehab facility in Paducah, Kentucky. And so she got me all the information and everything. So I 
was called my sister, my big sister. I told her that I wanted to go to a rehab facility, but I need this amount of money and everything. And she said, well, you get it all together and I'll see what I can do. Okay. I love her, y'all. When I say I love my big sister, I love her so much. And so uh, I sent in and applied and everything. And so when they sent the ladies living free, picked my application. So they came to the jail. I was still in jail to interview me. And uh, I'll never forget Miss Lori, Miss Lori Fort. It it was her name. She asked me, she said, Alicia, she said, we have so many applications. Why should we pick you? Out of everybody, we have hundreds of applicants. Why should we pick you? I told her, I've hit rock bottom. I have nowhere else to go unless I go six feet under. I am a step from my grave. Where else there for me to go? If you guys doesn't help me, okay, I'm crying. I'm asking for help. And if you guys don't help me, then what is left for me to do? Because once I get out of here, everything that I left out there is still waiting for me. All of those friends of benefits are just waiting for me. So I can just pick up right what I left. Everybody had a pocket full of money. They ready to take me anywhere I want to go to get what I want. You know, and that's not what I want. I said, I'm rock bottom. I don't know how anywhere else to go. I am a mother. I am a sister. I'm an aunt. I want a life and I want to live. And she, her and I cried that day. And so after that, I go back to my cell or whatever. And um, they told me that I need to apply for, to get, for shock, to get shocked out to the rehab like a month in advance before my, before my bed date, because ladies living free. So they actually did give me a bed date, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, my sister actually paid the fine, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the uh, deposit for mm-hmm. me to go. So, but I would, have to, I would have to apply it to the, the courts a month in advance so they can process everything and I can be out by that time. When I say two weeks before, my bed date, I found my papers. What? Two weeks before. I, everybody kept saying, no, you had to do you. When I did it, a friend, a girl, friend of mine, she was a matter of fact, she was a colleague. We went to high school together. She was working for the judicial system. She said, she's Alicia. She said, I think you might done waited too late. I said, no, Belinda. I said, I, I don't, I don't think so. I said, this is what I'm the time I supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, I send it to the judge, but I don't know. I called, so for two weeks before my bid date, I called every day. She said, Alicia, I, I told you he ain't saw it yet. I think you waited too late. I said, oh, he'll look at it every day. <laughs> you better call. Every, every day. She got faith. That's all I had. That's all I had left in me. Mm-hmm. Everything else had failed me all but my faith. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, fine. I said, just, he'll get it. He'll get it. Kept calling. All right. Here it is. January the 4th. I called that day. She's Alicia. I don't think you're going to go because he, he haven't looked at it yet. I said, okay. <laughs> I did not. Do you hear me? I did not whimper. I did not get frustrated. I already knew. Mm-hmm. I already knew. When I tell you I already knew, I got up at four o'clock that morning, that, that January the 5th. I got up before everybody, where everybody's still sleeping on their little cots all over the jail cell. I got up and took my shower, 
I was, matter of fact, I was in the shower when I heard the doors opening. Mm-hmm. You know, they were coming, you know, the deputies were coming there in the cells all the time anyway. It was like, okay. And he hollered, Jones. And we said, which one? There's three of us. <laughs> he said, Leisha Jones. I said, what? I'm in the shower. He said, roll them up. You go in the ladies living free. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. In a minute. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I come out of that shower. I put on my things. Wet. I had just bought commissary. I just gave it all away. <laughs> I gave them everything. Okay? And I remind you guys, when I come in there in September in Kentucky, it was still nice and warm. I was nice and thin. Well, I'd been in jail for four months, so I gained some weight. <laughs> so, when, so when I was trying to get back into the clothes that I come in after I got out of that uniform, it wasn't happening. So I was like, oh, my God. And not to mention, it was wintertime. So I had to call my sister Zola to come and get me. And I had a mentor that met me at my sister's house and picked me up and took me to Ladies Living Free. And uh, that was that was the journey. That was the beginning of a, a journey that I just embraced and I just ran with it. And I've been running with it ever since, you know. And and what, what I can say to anybody that's in any, you know, any kind of situation. I mean, I ran across a lot of domestic stuff. You know, I've, I've been I've been stalked. Uh, I, I tell anybody, help your faith. Because, I mean, my stalker was so bad, they tried to make me go to a merriment house. But I, I refused to go. I told them I wasn't going anywhere. You know, I, I've, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm a child of God. And, I, you know, I ain't never ran a day in my life, and I'm not going to start running a day. I'm not, and I didn't, you know. And so I just tell anybody is don't give up. You know, put all your troubles at the foot of God's throne. He will take care of you. He will cover you. Even when you think, when you, when you think you're, you're at your life. I mean, I was, I was the scum of the dirt. I was living the life of, 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 of a snail, you know, just going through mud uphills, mud hills, you know, mud slides, just going through it, okay? And look at me now, okay? Look at you, man. Look at me now, okay? And I have three, you know, beautiful grandkids. And that's another thing. When I was in a rehab facility, I kept saying, I got grandkids coming. I always said that I didn't want to be 50 years old. I didn't want to be a grandmom on crack. I kept saying that. I don't want to be a grandmom on crack. I don't want to be, I don't want to be on crack at all. Mm-hmm. But I surely don't want to be a grandmom on crack. And when my daughter told me that I was expecting my first grandchild, I, I was in rehab. She came and told me where I was at Ladies Living Free. And I was really, really happy. And I did get out. Uh, I got a pass to uh, come and see the delivery. Aww. I was there for her. And then my youngest daughter, I was there for that delivery. So God has blessed me. God has blessed me, you know. And 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 uh, there's the blessing with, with your name on it as well. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, when I say the word of God that he speaks and the blessed assurance, it's, it's, it's real. You have to have your faith. And you have to believe, okay? And nothing's going to come easy. No. because See, that's your trials and tribulations. When he tells you you're going to have trials and tribulations, those are it. You know what I'm saying? That means what don't kill you is going to make you stronger. Okay? Because you have to believe that the only way you made through this is through by his grace and by his mercy. And, and you know, and that's it. I mean, it, it really is. And I put it my life. I live by that. I live by God now. It's, it, I'm sorry. And if any decision, 
I got to pray about it. Mm-hmm. And then my husband, oh, we got to pray about it. My husband, you know, in relationships, spouses that praise together, stays together. Okay. And that's where we are, me and my husband. My scripture is Proverbs 27, uh, verse 19. And what it say is, it says, as the water reflects the face, so the heart reflects the person. Okay. And to alliterate on that, what that means is that a water in a mirror is practically like the same. When you look in them, you'll see your reflection. And you basically see what you want to see. Okay? What you see is whatever you want to see. You can dream. You can be whatever you want to see. But when you judge them, when you look into your heart, you see who you really are. Because mm-hmm. God is only going to judge us by our hearts. Mm-hmm. He's not going to judge us by our looks. Mm-mm. He ain't going to judge us by what other people think how we look. He's going to judge us strictly by our heart. So who you are in your heart, that's your real character. It doesn't matter what you display on the outside. It don't matter what you reflect. Your heart is not going to tell no lie. You know, and I'm going to use this. That they always say about a, a drunk person. They say a drunk person speaks a sober mind. Okay? There you have it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So always, your character is your character is going to speak. Your heart is going to tell your, your true character. So don't be fooled by the man in the mirror. I love that. <laughs> and it goes perfectly and ties in to the name of episode two, Reflections. Reflections, absolutely. So stop looking at what you see in the mirror and start looking at what you see in your heart. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can actually, actually you can't see no person's heart. A person's heart is shown by their actions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about my heart, though. I need to look in the mirror and look at my heart posture. Like, Lord, when I started getting a little crooked, I'm like, Lord, fix my heart posture. <laughs> You're so silly. Because I know I'm going to come out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be so all right, see that. You'll be all right. And I will. Yeah, you will. You know, and we all will. Mm-hmm. But we just have to take some, you know, we got to take different paths. Mm-hmm. You know, if you stay on the road of destruction, that's you're going to end up in destruction. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you get on a different path of righteousness, then everything that you touch is going to turn straight solid gold. Okay. You better come on with the mindset. Okay. Yeah, oh, yes. That's that's the whole, I've been there and done that. And I'm only speaking for experience, you guys. So, so you know, it's not what, what, what I say goes for everybody else. But at the end of the road, the journey, no matter if you're on, if you're on that bad journey, whatever it is of addiction, uh, mental abuse, spouse abuse, uh, uh, domestic abuse, alcohol, pills, whatever, whatever destruction road that you're on. I'm guarantee you it's going to end in destruction. That is no way out of that. Mine's happened to be the choice that I made with, with, with crack and addiction. It was straight destruction. So anything that is not on the right road is going to be self-destruct. So you can take that with you for keeps because that's just the true word of it. Mic drop. Okay. <laughs> be blessed. That's right. So with that being said, we are going to close up this episode of Black Girls Need Jesus. I want to thank you so much for being my very first guest. You were like yes. the best. Who's going to top you, nobody? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. There's there's, there's more toppers. <laughs> there's more toppers because we all have our own journey. Yes. And we all are, we all are blessed and favored in God's God's eyes. You know, uh, he took us through a journey for our purpose, you know, to shine, mm-hmm. you know, in others. So um, there's always something better. Don't ever lose focus on being better. Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> okay. So we are wrapping up and I just want to go ahead and say a quick prayer. I'm going to let you close us out. My Heavenly Father, thank you once again as we come to you as humbling as we know how. I hope there's something that has been said uh, tonight where we touch on what spirit, somebody's mind, somebody's soul, Lord. And I want to thank you, Father God, for being the kings of kings and the lords of lords and being the almighty that you are, Lord, because without you, we will not be where we are, Lord. I just want to thank you again for being who you are, Father God, and continue to touch anyone that's in the need of prayer, Lord. Touch anybody that's in the need of healing, somebody, anybody that's in the need of pain relieving, anybody that's in the need of, of a mindset, of reset, anybody that needs to go back to get to the pottery store, anybody that needs anything, Lord, only thing they need to do is call on you and you bless them, Lord. You bless them favorably. And I ask you of these, Lord, for your, and I just want to thank you, God, for your mercy and for your grace, Father God. And thank you for Indigo, because whatever you got on her mind and on her star and on her heart, Lord, it is shining. She's shining like a diamond, Father God. And I want to thank you, Lord, for in putting all and embracing all that you have into Indigo. And you are putting down her steps, and, and uh, you've ordered her steps, and she's following, Lord. Continue to bless her and guide her through all that she do and all that she touches. And may that we bless bless her, po- her podcast that is going forward, Lord. Continue to give her strength, give her balance. And give her paces, Lord. And I pray that anyone that we touch today, any feedback that you want to give us, anything that we're missing, anything that you want us to touch on, please reach out to Indio, and she will um, surely get back with you because we as black women in Christ, we need all that we need. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Did you pray us out? Did you? Okay. It's a God thing. It's, it's a not, God. It's a God thing. And I'm gonna bring you some merchandise too. Okay. I have a shirt that says "Hi hashtag God did that." You gonna okay. get one of those. Okay. You can get a Black Girls Need Jesus cup with your name on it. Okay. The back. That's a that's a rock. That's a <laughs> and rock. And I just want to thank you again thank so you. You're much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Man. Anytime, anytime. You know, if you want to talk about different subjects, because like I said, I only speak on my experience mm-hmm. and stuff. And I think we as young and old, because my experience that I that I speak on is from me listening to experiences where my elders were speaking on mm-hmm. and I listened and I followed suit and a lot of things they t- was telling me did come to pass and I learned and I stood firm on them. And that's where I am now as, as an elder. Um, I just speak from my experience and let you, and let you guys know, because somewhere down the road, we all go down different paths and, and different journeys and stuff. And they all going to end up one way or the other. There's only one, two ways you can end up. You could end up on and still in the dark or you can end up where you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Those are the only two ways out. Okay. Right. Those are the only two ways out. So, so that, that, that is all of our journeys. Each, if each journey might be a different subject at hand or a different matter or a different direction, but it's going to end the same way. So once again, I am so honored to be here and thank you for having me. And anytime, anytime you want to, to, to call on me, and I and Jesus, you feel more than welcome. Next time we're gonna wear our pajamas. That'll be just fine. <laughs> you can make it a nightcap. <laughs> I love it. Well, until next episode, y'all be blessed. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yes, bye.